You are listening to the Anna Brandt Podcast for the year 2022. Anna Brandt has been a professional photographer for over 22 years and has taught worldwide in over 32 countries and continues to educate in person and online. My name is Ava Brandt and I am happy to welcome you to the third season of my mom's podcast channel. We hope you subscribe and stick around. Hi guys. So today we're going to do things a little bit differently. I asked my youngest daughter, Ava, what I should talk about with my podcast. And she said, mom, instead of trying to change the world, why don't you just do something a little off the cuff, just something a little bit more informal, more casual, and let people know a little bit more about you. And I, so I thought that was fun. We were talking about back and forth and she questioned whether I would have the nerve to do it. And I was like, sure, why not? I do get a lot of questions about my personal life. And so um, little things about why do I wear black and do I ever take a day off and what do I do to decompress? So I thought, why not? Why don't we just have a little bit more casual and formal podcast where I can tell you a little bit more about myself? I do consider myself a more personal person, if you can say that. Um, I've always been more introverted, definitely not an extrovert. People think I am. They think I am only because they hear me speak and they see me in in public if I'm training and they think that I'm an extrovert, but I'm, I'm not, I've never been. Um, I'm very comfortable alone. Um, I'm very comfortable with my own company and I think it's important to know what your personality is. If you're an extrovert, go for it. Be an extrovert. Don't do it apologetically. And if you're an introvert, then be an introvert. It's, it's okay. I know that some of the most vocal people out there that are actors or actresses or create podcasts are more introverted than the extroverts. Myself, I've always been more quiet. I'm the youngest of five in my adopted family, the oldest of five in my biological family. Go figure that. And many of you who know my story know I'm adopted. And my siblings are, they're mixtures in my adopted family of extroverts and introverts. Definitely of the five of us, there's a couple of us who are introverted and there's some of us that are extroverted. I do take a lot more personal time than people think. One of the main questions that I get all the time is, do I ever take a day off? Do I ever have personal time? And I do way more than people think. But what's interesting is when I'm taking personal time, I don't really like to talk about it because to me, if you're having personal time, it's personal time. But with the way social media is now, a lot of people have personal time, but they feel the need to talk about it the whole time they're having personal time. They'll be like, oh, just hanging out by the pool, having coffee with my kids, you know, post, 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 you know, all the cute photos of, you know, them doing that. And if you're an influencer, I get it. Or if you're somebody that really likes to do that, there's nothing wrong with it, of course. I, I am not that way. If I'm home in my pajamas or my comfortable clothes, just enjoying being home, then 
I'm usually not really posting about it. I do have a personal Instagram account. You're welcome to look it up. It's just Anna Brand Personal. It's not that I try to hide it. I just don't promote it really or rarely talk about it. And those that stumble upon it, find it. And you'll see sometimes some personal posts that I created the account to just be able to share photos of my kids and keep my Anna Brand Instagram more business. That's another question I get. People say, do I mix personal and business on my Instagram? Well, it really just depends. I mean, I really think the answer is something you need to answer yourself. You know, it's very different now because if you're an influencer, your job is to show the world you know, your influential side and that's your personal and your business and a little bit of this and a little bit of that. If you're a social media curator, you're carefully curating your personal life and your business life and marrying it together. And that's, that's all, that's all good. That's all great. Years ago, I decided to make my Anna Brand Instagram more business. That doesn't mean that I don't post personal from time to time or post photos of me from time to time. I do. And I think it's important to do that. But then I decided to just make a personal Instagram and just put only my personal photos there. And from time to time, because I switch back and forth so often, I'll accidentally post something personal on my Instagram or vice versa. And if I do, it's about five minutes before my middle daughter, Olivia, will text me and go, mom, wrong account. And I love it because... I know she's following me, but I don't even know she's paying attention. She's in college now and I'm thinking, oh, it's three in the afternoon. She's not even going to see it. But sure enough, if I post on the wrong account, she knows exactly what I should be posting where and when without even telling her. And she'll immediately text me and say, mom, switch accounts. And so, you know, from a personal standpoint, I do take time off. I think you have to. I think it's super important. I don't believe in working 24-7. And many times I get really burnt out, especially if I'm traveling a lot and teaching a lot. You know, coming home is my sanctuary. It's my safe place. And I love to just kind of come home, drop my phone, drop my camera, drop my bags, and just, you know, curl up in my bed with fuzzy socks and my dogs. I have three dogs. I have a little tiny terrier, Chico, we rescued years ago from Mexico and he's like my shadow in the house. He doesn't, he doesn't really go anywhere. I don't go. And then we have Nike, who's our Husky. He's kind of grown on me over the years. He tends to talk a lot. So if you know anything about Huskies, they talk. So if you don't know Huskies, they can seem scary, but they're very friendly and they just love to talk. And then we have our golden doodle, Lila, who's just a hot mess. Uh, She's about maybe 11 months now desperately needs a trainer and she's just a mess. Um, but she, you know, keeps us all on our toes. And a lot of people don't even know that I have three dogs. I have three dogs and three children who are now 17, 19, and 21. Not quite sure where the time's gone. I feel like they were all just born. Um, but they're definitely three of my favorite people in the whole wide world. We're all very similar in that we can all just be home and be content being home. Um, we're all, you know, content. We're not really entertainers. You won't find me having a party at my house or you won't find me, um, having a lot of social interaction. If I'm going to go out with a girlfriend, it'll most likely just be one or two people. 
And I do that very sparingly. And because for me, I'm not a big fan of small talk. I'm not a big fan of needless conversation. And so if I'm going to spend time with someone, it's because I really want to give that time and energy to somebody. Some may call that antisocial. I don't know. Um, But to answer what a lot of people ask me, do I take time off? Yes. Every single week I have downtime where I don't even touch my computer. I may just curl up in bed and watch a good show. Right now I'm obsessed with documentaries. That's another thing is people ask what I watch. And I kind of go through phases. Uh, I don't really watch a lot of romantic comedies right now. I used to be a huge rom-com fan, huge. Um, Now at this point in my life, I kind of watch them sparingly, but I'm very into, um, I love watching shows about um, more, more business, I think more the creation process. I'm very fascinated with extremely intelligent, misunderstood people that don't follow mainstream thinking. I, I tend to lean towards the person that's going to think a little bit differently, behave a little bit differently, do things a little bit differently. Um, because those are the people that I think are the ones to watch the ones that aren't following what everybody does, but does things because they are driven and have a passion to, to look for those things. Um, and so I, I've kind of always been that way. I've always kind of looked for the underdog. I've always looked for people that are a little bit more extraordinary. Uh, years ago, probably 12 years ago, I, um, took a special needs course to be certified in special needs with an instructor named Karen I think her name is Karen Dorme. Karen, if you're listening, don't quote me. And she runs this association for special needs training. And I remember her reaching out. I don't even remember why, but it was, I don't remember how we came up, came to know each other. I really don't know. But I do know that she ended up asking me if she could do a training in my studio, teaching photographers how to work with kids with special needs. And I said, yes, of course. And I, I loved what I learned from her, but I also loved learning more about many of my clients that I've met over the years that do have, you know, special needs kids, kids that are on the spectrum for autism or, you know, may have Asperger's or different things because I think their minds are fascinating. I think there's some of the most brilliant children in the world often misunderstood because they don't handle the social norms that everybody does. I find that many children who are on any type of spectrum who don't behave or follow the normal way, quote unquote, to the word normal, way of thinking are often misunderstood, but extremely intelligent, extremely empathetic people. And whenever I have a chance to photograph kids with special needs, I definitely feel like I do my best my best to pay attention to them because I think they're brilliant. I really do. And so I think that many times we're quick to judge. We see people that are busy in in business, in social situations and we think they must never have a day off. They must work all the time. And people will say that to me, like, Annie, you must work all the time because I follow your schedule. And one minute you're here and the next minute you're in Dubai and the next minute you're here again. There's no way that you have a day off. 
But I and anyone else that has a busy schedule will tell you that in order for us to have a busy schedule, to create, to do the things that we want to do, we have to have a day off. You have to re-energize. You have to recharge. You absolutely have to. And if you're somebody that is finding yourself going, 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 and you're not taking time to just sit back and really have some time without others and just enjoy being home. If I were to give you any advice, it's you need to, you need to, it's whether it's you sleep in an extra day or two on the weekend, or you unplug your phone or choose not to respond to your email within three seconds you need to have downtime. You need to have downtime. You need to have quiet time. Some of the things that I like to do is nothing. There are some times where I just don't want to do anything. I don't even know how to explain that, where I just may lay in my bed and I have a whole stack of books next to my bed. It's probably like two feet high. It's ridiculous. And I love spiritual books. I love quote books. Um, I love photography books. I go through phases. Years ago when I was in school, I used to read John Grisham. Oh my God. I would literally spend an entire weekend not even leaving the house and just read an entire Grisham novel from beginning to end. I used to be a Stephen King fan. Gosh, I remember reading Cujo and being scared out of my mind for like weeks after, which is odd because now I have three dogs. Um, But I would go through phases you know, of, I remember being in, in grammar school and I would read every book Judy Bloom had. And I would go through these phases where I would pick a particular author and read every book they had. And I find myself still doing that. If there's a specific musician, I'll listen to every song that they, they sing. If it's an author, I'll read every book from this author. You know, I'm a big fan of Maya Angelou, of course, So, but there's not a quote that doesn't come out of hers that I, I won't read. And so I tend to be more consistent in that I don't follow a lot of people. I don't read a lot of different authors. I don't watch a lot of different shows, but I'll find something specific and stay on it for a very, very, very long time until I want nothing to do with it anymore. My son the other day, I was telling him that I was watching this Apple TV series called We Crashed, which is about the start of WeWork. And I think I'm on my fifth time of watching it. I'm obsessed with it. I'm obsessed with so many things about it. The the storyline, the characters, how well they're played, the music, the love stories between the husband and wife, the love story between the founder and the co-founder. I think it's fascinating. I, I, I highly recommend watching it. So my son made a comment and he was like, oh, mom, so you watch that like five times, but you like listen to the same song or an older song or whatever he said, because I don't really like listening to old music. I do not like watching old movies. Do not make me watch a black and white film. I'm not going to watch it. Don't ask me to watch anything old. I'm not going to watch it. And don't put on music from the 60s, 70s, or 80s, or 90s, because I might squirm. And because traveling internationally, every time I get into a taxi in a foreign country, oh my God, it's like if I hear Cindy Lauper one more time, I'm going to scream. I know, I maybe the music's cheaper. I don't get it. I can't stand listening to older music. And if you do and you're a lover of old music, that's great. I, I am not. Another interesting random fact about me. 
And so I was like, yeah, why, why is that? Pretty much during COVID, I watched Shark Tank for about two years. Um, and why I think for me, it's comforting. Um, I also feel like I get distracted and my mind starts wondering. And so I feel like I miss a lot of the content. So every time I watch it again, I feel like I learn more and more like films too. I love, um, the greatest showman. I like, um, crazy rich Asians. A film that's actually a little bit older is called When a Man Loves a Woman. I think it might be one of my favorite movies of all time, believe it or not. I've watched When a Man Loves a Woman probably about 25 times. And I, I think the reason I've watched it so many times is I'm really into love stories that stand the test of reason. Love stories that work even when they're not supposed to work. When a man loves a woman, she's an alcoholic and her husband loves her so much. And, uh, it's just such a phenomenal movie. It's, I'm really into those kind of love stories that are not just when a man meets a woman, but when the man or the woman is with the person, regardless of the circumstance that should not make them be together. I'm very drawn to that, those types of stories, the normal rom-coms, those are great too, but, um, I like one that mm, maybe is a little bit more challenging. And so I'll watch it over and over and over. Crazy Rich Asians, I just think is so much fun because I love to laugh. Another random fact. People think I'm very serious. I am very serious, but I really, I love to laugh. My kids make me laugh like every day. The things they say, I just, sometimes I just laugh at them over and over and over again. And Crazy Rich Asians is just one of those movies where I would just laugh, but it's a good love story. Um, Also another good fun little, just fun little modern love story. And it's, it's fantasy. Who doesn't want to have something like that? So it's kind of fun. I like things that are just so over the top romantic that you just like can't help but love. Other things, random facts and things that are, remember, I'm not trying to change the world today. Ava told me that I'm not supposed to be trying to change the world in this podcast, that I'm just supposed to be telling you random facts about me. Um, She wanted me to do two truths and a lie. I've never played that before, but you kind of need someone else to do two truths and a lie so that they have to guess the lie, right? So I was like, well, Ava, I'm on a podcast. I can't really do two truths and a lie. So she was like, okay, we'll just tell them like random facts about you. So that's what this podcast is, is I'm just telling you random off topic things that a lot of people ask me these questions. I get a lot of different questions. Like one of the questions I get is, do I wear black all the time because I do it for branding? What's really funny is my casual clothes at home are not black. They're like, they're just, if I look at my pajamas, I think I have one black item. The rest of them are green, orange, gray, cream. I don't know. They're just random colors. I don't know why, but if you go in the pajama section and the comfy section, you don't really find black. So that's probably why I guess. I don't know. But, um, the reason I, I've, I'm not always worn black almost every day of my work career, but I don't, I don't know. I, you know, I worked in New York city and lived in New York city for a long time. And, Black was always a staple. You always have a good black dress. You know, you always have a good good black pantsuit. You always have good black staple items. That's kind of a thing in New York. 
California, it's very different. Here, everyone's very casual, light-colored clothing. White is all the rage. I'm not really a white person. I have had a couple of white items, and I always feel like I'm going to spill because I'm super clumsy. Another random fact. I'm extremely clumsy. I trip over my own feet like every day. been that way my whole life. So I don't really like wearing light colors because... I'm so clumsy and I'm probably going to spill something, number one. Number two, I don't like to worry about my clothes or my hair. So when I'm shooting, my hair is all one length. I haven't had bangs since I was like 19. So I keep my hair all one length so that I could just throw it back or up or in a bun or whatever. So I don't have to think about it. But when I'm not shooting, I actually prefer my hair down because it's more comfortable. Because uh, my hair is heavy. So if I wear it in a ponytail every day, it hurts my head. So usually the minute I get home, the first thing I do is I take my hair out. It's kind of number one. And I get in comfy clothes and fuzzy socks. That's kind of my thing because I like being in super casual, comfortable clothes. And they're usually not black. But with work, I wear black probably 99.9% of the time because I don't want to think about my clothing. That's the only reason. I always envy women. They come in and they've got the pearls and the pink and this matches the gray and their shoes. And I always think, oh, they look so feminine and put together. Uh, I do not. But I also think it's, I don't like to think about my clothing. And so I can get in the morning, go in my closet, pick something to wear and just forget about what I'm wearing. Uh, And that's really it. It's not for branding. It's not really for anything else. It just makes me feel comfortable and makes me not think about it. That's it. Um, same kind of with my hair. I try to keep it all one length because if I do bangs again, then I have to worry about the bangs and you have to style your hair. I cut eight inches off my hair during COVID and still kind of trying to grow it back. Um, but I cut eight inches off my hair because I just was sick of my hair and I just wanted to cut it all off. So I did. And I've done that about three times in my life where I've cut my hair. One time I was like 18 and I cut it like below my ears. Yeah, I'll never do that again. But I think you got to mix it up. You have to have a change. I don't think you should have your hair the same way your whole life. It's okay because it'll grow back. I'm not really attached to those kinds of things. That's another thing people ask about me is, I'm not really attached to things, um, probably because I'm adopted and be going into an adopted family. All I had were the clothes uh, that I was wearing. I didn't come with a suitcase or a photo album. I didn't come with any heirlooms. I just was adopted with the clothes on my back. So to me, I don't really take a lot of stock in personal things. I don't really wear a lot of jewelry. I don't splurge on shoes. I don't, not really materialistic um, because I've never really put any value in those things. I wasn't really raised in a family that was very materialistic. We were raised very conservatively and on a single income. So my dad was always very conservative with money. And so we weren't, we weren't really raised that way. And so to me, I'm not really into, I mean, sure, I love nice clothes and nice bags and things like that, but I just look for things that are comfortable, things that work and last and, and functional. And that's it. I don't really take a stock in, in a lot of material things. I could probably live in a shoebox and as if it had Wi-Fi, I'd be perfectly happy. And so let's see if I can tell you any other random facts about me. I use Apple, but not always. 
When I was a web designer, I was PC for years, die hard. In fact, another random fact about me, when I bought my first Mac laptop, I returned it the next week. <laughs> and I remember when I returned it, the Mac store, the Apple store was like, why are you returning this laptop? And I'm like, cause I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I didn't want to go through the learning curve. And then, cause I was so frustrated cause I knew PC so well and I used to work in the tech field. And so I knew how to kind of reprogram and things like that. And so then I don't know how long it was. I ended up going and buying another Mac laptop and doing the learning curve and learning and then I just never went back. I was like, well, now I kind of dived into the Apple world. Same with Canon. I'm a, a Canon shooter. And a lot of people say, well, why not Nikon or Fuji or Sony? I don't really care. Just give me a camera. I'll use it till it dies. I'm not really, I joke when people are in my workshops, like, oh my God, you're a Nikon. Like go ask a Nikon person. But that's because I don't know Nikon and I don't have one. It's not that I think Nikon's any better than Sony or Fuji or or Canon or whatever. Um, I just use what I use. And when I don't want to use it anymore, I'll use something else. I'm not really into labels or things like that. Uh, in, you know, people ask me probably every single day, I'd say almost every single day, I get a DM that says, Anna, please tell me what camera to buy. And if I don't respond, they'll be like, Anna, I need you to tell me what camera to buy. And I'll be like, I, I can't tell you what camera to buy. No, I don't think you understand. You have to tell me what camera to buy. There's this woman on my DM, if you're listening, she's probably messaged me like five times. She's like really mad at me that I wouldn't tell her what camera to buy. But it's like, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what camera you should buy. Like, how much money do you have? What are you using the camera for? you know, are you pro? Are you amateur? It's like buying a new camera. It's, it's like buying new sneakers. If you were to go to a store and say, I need new sneakers, they're going to say, are you walking? Are you running? Are you jogging? Are you doing aerobic activity? Are you doing yoga? What are you doing? How long are you doing it for? How often are you doing it for? They would want to know all these specific questions before they recommended a sneaker. But cameras are the same way. Oh, and they want to know how much money you're spending. Cameras are the same way. I don't, I don't know what you want to do. And so then I'll, someone will say, well, I want to do what you do. I want to be a newborn photographer. Well, you don't need an expensive camera to be a newborn photographer. You can use any camera, any lens. You know, I'm on a 24, uh, 5D Mark IV, and I use a 24 to 70 USM II lens. And another question that I get is, do I use a macro lens for the baby feet and the hands and the lips? And I say, not anymore. I used to, when I started out, I would use a 50 like everybody else, because that's what you're told. You can only use a 50. But there was also a time that I studied macro photography and did a lot of flower photography. So I can't really say that my 50 was only used for babies. I think I started using my macro when I was really into photographing flowers because I didn't have any subjects. So that's what I would photograph. Uh, so my macro work was more for specific subjects, not necessarily baby parts. But then of course, it translated into baby parts. And I was like many photographers where I felt like you could only shoot baby fingers and toes with the 50 millimeter lens. Not true. Not true. You know, now I have a 24 to 70 USM2 lens. It's very sharp. USM2 versus USM1. The two is much sharper. And you can shoot baby feet because it's a 24 to 70. So you can shoot 24, 30, 35, 50, whatever. That's the whole point of having a range lens is 
is it's a range. So people go, you mean you can shoot baby toes with a 24 to 70? And I'm like, it also has 50 millimeter focal length. So of course you can. Well, it's not as sharp because it's not a fixed lens. Hmm. Well, that's, that's debatable. That's for the eye. So you can, if you have a range, you can shoot macro. And of course, if you have a fixed lens, of course, it's going to look sharper and better because a fixed lens is designed to do that. But when I started out, I just had a used camera. And I believe that if you're a photographer, you should be able to use any camera, whether it's worth $100 or $10,000. The idea is to learn how to use the camera and how to photograph your subjects. And I never wanted to be about the gear and I'm sure one day I'll switch and do something else. And I tell my son all the time, who is a big gearhead, to rent, try, test, experiment. If you don't have a camera, I would much rather you rent a camera for a couple hundred dollars rather than invest for four or $5,000 and then not know why you're investing in that camera or not understand what that camera does. And then if you like it, experiment with different lenses and then you can figure out what works. That that would be my biggest advice. So if someone says, what camera do I buy? I, I'm not going to have that answer for you. Talk to the guys at the camera shop who know what they're doing, tell them what you're doing and then rent it and experiment and rent at least two different lenses, maybe a range and a fixed, and then try to multiple subjects, a baby and a family and see what you like and see what's going to be more versatile. And that's it. I think that wraps up a good amount of random off topic, personal things you didn't know about me. If there's something else you want to know, feel free to reach out. You can send me an email, send me a DM. You can find me anywhere. You can just Google my name and you can find me all over the place. And know that as a photographer, as a mom, as a business owner, I'm exactly like you are. I have good days and bad days, days that I work all day, all night and days where maybe I don't do as much. I think at the end of the day, life is a journey. Take time to experiment, be truly authentically you and not worry about competing or what anyone else is doing. Because if you can be authentic in who you are, what you want, what you want to do and where you want to go, your life will be much easier than you think. My name is Anna Brandt. Thanks for listening. Did you like this podcast? We would love it if you gave my mom a kind review and reach out to her. To learn more about Anna, visit AnnaBrandt.com. You can find out about her education opportunities at AnnaBrandtEducation.com.